0: Welcome to season three of Gender Sexuality School. I'm Tara Goldstein, and we're podcasting from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Today, Professor Andrew Campbell, who works at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education and the Faculty of Education at Queen's University, joins us to talk about an exciting new research project he is working on that examines the ways LGBTQ issues are being reported within the Jamaican media. Andrew, welcome to Gender Sexuality School. We're so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much, Tara, and it's a pleasure to be here to share um, the research work and just to share this conversation on gender, sexuality, in schools. So thank you so much for having me. It's, a, it's an honor and privilege.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. So to begin our podcast interview, let's talk a little bit about this research project. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about the history of the project, how it got started, and what are its goals?
1: So um, I, was, I was always interested in um, LGBT research, or, or uh, let me center it by saying our understanding homosexuality, because you have to remember, I'm coming to you from a Jamaican context, right? So a lot of the language that we're using today, or we or I am using today, these are what I picked up when I came to North America when I came to Canada, because growing up in Jamaica, you just you hear about homosexuals. and so) right. No, you were, you know, you were gay, but you didn't even think gay, you know, you were homosexual. And so you want to figure out, because that's such a bad word. That's such a bad word. And so you want to figure So I grew up, you know, through my my, my my initial teacher education program. And when I and I've always been a self-advocate and wanting to find out more. And so when I started to attend AERA and, and, and other conferences, I see the opportunity to talk about because I realized, hey, I can do advocacy work through research. And this is how this started. Advocacy work through research. And so in 2017, um, the conference, we had a conference in Jamaica called Beyond Homophobia. Ah. Oh, yes. And we have uh, North American um, scholars and academics also um, participated. And that was the first time in Jamaica. Think about that. In Jamaica, in the, at the University of the West Indies Mona Campus, there was a group of LGBTQ people that are all gathered to discuss issues ar- around them. I think it was just a privilege for me, for me to be in the space, and I started talking up. And my research I I started on was to look at how the stories have been told about, right. us, not in my choice the word about us in the Jamaican newspaper, two of the, the main paper, which is the Jamaican Gleaner and the Observer. Right. And and, and I started curating and getting stories. So, I, so, I'm fo- so I'm focused on document analysis as a methodology. And I collected between 2000 and the year. I, I focus on the year 2002, 2018 at that time. So now, of course, I'm going to expand it to 2020, 2021, of course. And, in, and right now I have over 130 articles. And these are in categories of heavy, what I call, what I call um, a news item, editorials, commentaries, letters to the editor, right? And these are all, majority are written by people who do not identify as LGBTQ. So interesting. But writing about us and the messages, of course, they are violent, they are negative, they are, they are, they are stereotyped, they are aggressive, and, and, they are, and, and they are just condescending about LGBTQ. So the work, the historical context of the work is for me to, to bring in the LGBTQ voices as a means of a counter narrative to what is out there.
0: So interesting. You know, Andrew, as you know, I'm a playwright and I've begun um, doing some historical uh, Mm. research on moments of queer activism. And I'm starting a series of plays about that. And there are uh, two white lesbians, American, who in the 70s took on the American Psychological Association, Mm -hmm. and uh, Barbara Giddings and Kay LaHasson, And they did that with a uh, gay activist named Frank uh, Kameny. And these three folks interrupted some of the sessions on homosexuality, which then was understood to be a sickness. They interrupted yes. conversations around the uh, the treatments that the psychiatry had, uh, mm-hmm. uh, had developed for curing uh, homosexuality, and uh, and they were very um, successful. the they was, The result was they managed to um, create. A moment where they took homosexuality off the uh, diagnostic manual mm-hmm. of disorders in absolutely uh, in the world of psychiatry, so this whole idea of activism and, and their big their big push was do not speak on our behalf. we are the experts on our own lives because most of these psychiatrists uh, did not identify as LGBTQ, and those mm-hmm. who did uh, the gay psychiatrists were very much an underground um, uh, set of uh, had a, an underground set of understandings. They weren't dominant. So this idea of making sure that people are not speaking for you, but we are speaking yeah. for ourselves, is very important historically. And uh, and mm-hmm. here you are uh, in this moment doing that research at this time, which is which is so so excellent. Why do you think it is so important to do research about the way the media reports LGBTQ issues? Why have you chosen to focus on the media and the different uh, ways um, homophobia gets expressed from uh, letters to the editor to uh, news items? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know why? And it's come back to exactly what you just said. And thank you so much also for, for sharing that story and centering that, you know, that reminder in this, in this, in this conversation, because I, literally it is to tell our, to tell our stories. Right. I remember every time you open a newspaper, it is a story about us and it is written. The la- I can tell you one of the things I'm doing in one of the, one of the papers is looking at the the language just right. the language. And I'm, 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 I'm writing one of the papers with um, uh, um, a, a person who teach linguistics. Right. We're looking at just the language, just the vocabulary that is used to describe us. We're, we're seen as dangerous. I mean, yeah. I, I, in, in many of the articles, Pedophile is 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 linked anonymously with uh, with somebody with with um with a gay person who's gay, and this is the kind of narrative. So we are taking that back to tell our stories, and I'm doing that. We we want to do that. The the, the, the reason why I'm pushing at the research is for the media because I want the media to understand that they have to number one make space for us to tell our own stories, and it's happening. And I'm so happy to share with you that over the last maybe three years. I've I have now started collecting pieces that have been written and published by LGBTQ activists in Jamaica. And I can tell you one thing that I I, I must I, I, I must highlight is getting up one day in one of our, our very, very popular magazine. It's a it's a magazine within the newspaper called The Flare, and right. seeing a, a, a trans woman story there, and a trans woman who lives in Jamaica story there. and... I cannot tell you even saying to you now how I felt say, saying that. And now I'm seeing more and more of the trans community being extremely active and and, and visible. And so this, their stories are being captured. Their stories are being told. Their stories, their pictures are being shared in the newspaper in ways that are not deficit. And so this is important. And that is important. So another layer is to tell our stories within the Jamaica. So I want to tell the stories two levels. The first level, of course, is within the Jamaica and Caribbean Latin, Latin American space, because this is a space where people are feeding on these negative images. So we have to do the stories to educate, to learn, to unlearn. So we give them space so they could tell their stories, so they could educate, unlearn, learn, and to also as a means of resistance and also just a means of LGBTQ visibility. That's why when I'm asked, do you want, you know, if somebody asks to interview me in a, in a, in a Caribbean paper or a Caribbean magazine or Caribbean speech, I say yes. Because it's not, actually, it's not even what I want to, what I'm going to say. But I know of a fact that there'll be a picture of me. And it won't be the picture that we see all the time. It won't be a, a negative cartoon. It won't be some caricature of me. It won't be, you know, me looking ridiculous and stereotyped and marginalized. It will be me in all my, myself. And it's placed there. And a little boy, a little girl who is, who is, who's reading this magazine or reading this newspaper or seeing this article will say, hey, he looks like me. He's like me. He's a teacher. I want to be a teacher, but I can be a teacher. I don't have to be re- afraid to be a teacher. So this is very powerful. And the next level is also the, the, it's also sharing what is happening in the Caribbean in a more international academic spaces. Uh-huh. And I'm very much looking for that because I can tell you, Tara, on my shelf, I have tons of books. I, yes. I, you know, I'm I, know, getting your book. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I must tell you, I'm coming. I'm definitely coming to the book launch. Congratulations on that. But I have other books. I have other books written by people that you and I know, Lee and other people and and, Tanya and oh, I have those books. I have those books. And on the shelf within those books, I don't have my Jamaican book st- stories. Right. And so I want to make sure I'm a, I'm a part of chapters in a book. I'm looking out to, be, to get my work in, in North American, Canadian book chapters, in, 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 in articles, in journals, because we want our story to be told. And I don't want it to be told in a distilled North American way. I want it to be told in, my, in the Jamaican way, because the, the, the North American readers need that. They need to hear it in our way, in our form, in our identity. So that's why you know it's important for me to do this work. And I'm very, very, very excited about the possibilities.
0: Fantastic. As you were speaking, Andrew, I'm thinking I can imagine an anthology of um, narratives from, um, from folks who identify as LGBTQ uh, from Jamaica and other um, yep. uh, places mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. Um, have you ever thought of editing an anthology yes. like that? Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. You're in my heart, Tara. You're coming <laughs> to my head. You're coming to, I tell you something, and I'm going to say this for the record right here on, on, your, on, your, on your theme. On your on your podcast I started some very 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 personal narratives yes um about 2017 like when i said i write them i write them with tears running down and i call it pride pen because wow. it's 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 pride pride as in pride i wrote them in june and pride as in that personal feeling that i'm seen and i'm okay and i'm not I'm not dead. I'm not infected. I'm not, you know, because remember, you have to remember when I use the word infected, I want the, the listeners to understand when you think of Jamaica, and you think of LGBTQ, or think of gay, the first thing you think of, oh, these are these men who are going to die of HIV. That's it. That's mm-hmm. just what's going to come off our end. There's nothing quote unquote good coming of us, right? So so when I started seeing pride and experiencing pride, I kept on writing and I have couples, couple in it. There's a lot going on. I haven't reached further with it. But I am, I am, I am betwixt making it be my own anthology, or I am betwixt inviting people. And I think I really want to invite people in, like you said, and just go ahead with it. So I'm actually one and ent- it's, it's. I would say I am fifty percent in that work. I'm looking. I'm going to get. Up, I'm going to start to look out for somebody who want to publish that kind of uh, um, work because I can tell you, there's a there. There, there are people out there. Who, I was going to say a market, but I take that word market back. I want to say there are people out there who want to hear the story. And how do I know? Because I posted a couple of them on my Facebook years ago, like last year and the year before on Twitter. And every time the response is amazing. The inbox messages, people who are scared of responding online, they respond to me in my inbox. And they said, thank you for sharing that story. And I share the beautiful stories. I share the positive. That's why I call it pride pen. It's It's a pride we feel. And I'm using my pen to capture that pride. So yes, you just you just spoke into my life, Tara. Absolutely.
0: That's so great. Well, I even have a suggestion of a publisher. Um, oh, yes. As as you uh, mentioned, we are going to be launching our um, uh, my team is going to be launching our uh, new book about LGBTQ families, and mm-hmm. we're doing it as part of a series that Dennis Samara from the University of Calgary, a white mm-hmm. uh, gay scholar from uh, U Calgary, has uh, begun. The series is called queer singularities and uh, Dennis will be at the book launch to talk a little bit about the uh, series. And yeah. so um, I think after you hear what Dennis has to uh, say, um, you might want to uh, connect with him and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and uh, write uh, a proposal up and, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, pitch him the idea. Cause uh, I think that series uh, will be a perfect place for your book, you. and yeah. um, and I'll make sure that you have a chance to to connect with Dennis at that.
1: Thank you so much. Because you know what, and the last thing I'll say on this is, the stories must be told, and they have to be told by people who have lived the stories. Right. Many times we are writing about others, and so for me, you know, those are very personal stories. And another thing I have to say why the stories is so important is because in in our space here, you know, I live in North America as well, but when we read about Caribbean stories. They are, some, they are written in such deficit and such such in pathological ways, right? And we want to make sure these stories are written with, 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 with where they are. I can tell you, I am. Look, I'm talking to you right now, and I have three Jamaican trans women that are my friends, mm-hmm. and I can tell you their stories are beautiful. Right? Like one is an emergency nurse who lives in the UK. Like their stories are amazing and powerful. One is an activist in Toronto. Another one is an activist in Jamaica and they are doing amazing work, but their stories are not in book. I guarantee you their stories are not in any book. I have two of them stories in my book, my first book, my book, um, The Invisible Student in the Jamaican Classroom. Yes. But I want their stories more. I want their stories
0: Yes, of course. Now that you mentioned your first book, uh, would you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that there will be readers who will want to hear you speak a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So my book is called The Invisible Student in the Jamaican Classroom, and you can get it on Amazon, okay? Okay. (laughs) Yes, it's called The Invisible Student in the Jamaican Classroom. And why I love this book, um, um, I got an, an, an amazing privilege as a researcher to do something that I know many researchers. want to do is to have people who identify, trust you enough to share their stories. And when I told people that I had an uh, online um, survey and I'm looking for Jamaican men who, uh, who grew up in Jamaica and went to school in Jamaica, whether you live in Jamaica or the Caribbean or anywhere to answer my question here, I honestly thought I was going to get about 50, about 50 persons. About, I, you know, I know enough to get about 50 people to ask their friends, snowball and get it. I had over 121 persons wow. answer the question here. And this is the powerful part of this. And then I did interviews with about, I think interviews or maybe about 18 or 20 interviews. Took me a while to do it. And then I did focus groups. And I could tell you when the book was published and done, like the book was published and we had the launch Tara. I had people, LGBTQ, Jamaican men and women writing me to say, I need my story to be told. Wow! I have a copy of your book. I want my story, and I didn't put any lesbians in in the book. And I have my lesbian friends and trans friends who are saying, "No, no, no! I need my story." So I'm go- I'm definitely going to be working on part two of this book. But I because people want to be told, and it was weird because I felt so honored because I didn't have to be go you know, begging people to tell their story. They trusted me. And and I'm thankful that I didn't disappoint them because I asked them after I read the book, I said, let me know if I did anything wrong, if if I misrepresented your voice in any way because I wanted to be authentic to their voice. And they said, no, solid. We are ready to go from the book to when you're ready. So I know I have the people there to share. I just need the time and the the, the hands and the support to share the stories because it needs to be shared.
0: Wonderful. Andrew, let me ask, I know that you're very involved in a number of teacher ed programs, both um, at OISE in Toronto mm-hmm. and at Queen's. Have you had a chance to um, use any of the stories you've been talking about today within your teaching? And what has that been like?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. So in my in most of my courses, because you know, I teach anti-discrimination, and, you know, I teach equity <laughs> courses, I teach diversity and inclusion. And in most in all of these courses, they are, they are, we deal with, you know, equity in school, we deal with teacher, uh, we deal with culture relevant pedagogy, but we also deal with LGBTQ issues, two LGBTQ plus-plus issues. And what I've had the opportunity to do is I've used someone who was featured in the book also as a guest speaker. Ah! For my, my, my master's student for my MT students here at OISE, and they loved it. They, they gave me some of the best review on, on that person as a guest speaker to the class. And also I've used um, the book on a list of book, possible books to use for your executive book sorry, and assignment, but I've also used a chapters from the book for to, um, as part of the reading. So it has been it has been a good experience. And and i and I'm and I'm the students have really, really appreciated. And I have a students who have said it to me, students in our OISI program who identifies LGBTQ that says, Wow, well, Dr. Campbell. Thank you for for the Jamaican side or a different view of it. You know, when we talk about church and school, people don't get it that, you know, when you said hiding, when we talk about hiding in school and being scared, you know, being scared to tell your friend who you are and and feeling like, you know, you're you're possessed by a demon because that's what you were taught as a church and the schools are connected to church and the guest speakers at schools are people from the churches. You have to understand the layers to that. Right. And the levels to that—it's—it's quite—it's quite—it's quite hostile for growing up in an environment like that. And so they get to see that, and they get to hear that from not just my voice, but from keynote guest speaker, and also from just the people, the participants in the book. And I have had the pleasure of doing. That. As a matter of fact, I have had the pleasure of being asked to do workshop and talks on my book. And I have used data from the book and in which in our Canadian context and. Always have an amazing reception. So I know of a fact there is a space. And I could tell any publisher right now there is a space and a place for this voice because because our 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 North American students are getting even more skillful. They are they are realizing that what they are getting voices are missing, and they are asking for the missing voices. I I'm telling you right now, you I'm sure you experience that Tara. Our students are asking for the missing voice, which is a, which is a beautiful thing. They're saying, Dr. Campbell, I've just read five articles, but where are the other voices? Right. Where are the other voices? And so it's, they're all in the university, accountable for the other voices. Oh. They are open, the, the system of power and privilege that is responsible for academia and publishing and writing and sourcing for, for, for the missing voices.
0: Such a powerful way to uh, begin to wrap up our um, interview on um, missing voices and missing narratives and how your work is um, making sure that they come into um, our our talks about schooling and come into our talks about teaching. Just as we wrap up, is there anything else that you think you'd um, like to say about the research you talked about today, Uh, you actually talked about a couple of book projects. Is um, there anything else that you're working on that maybe you'd like to come back and talk to us in more detail another time?
1: Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I would definitely love to come back and uh, to talk to you about how I'm doing the work in the same counter narratives. And I'll give you a little teaser uh, on what's going on. I'm looking at, I said to you, I have over 130 articles. And I presented the work at CSSC 2019, presented some of the work. I was also presented before at AERA. And I also was up to present at the Caribbean Studies Association, right? And what I've always been asked by people is, Dr. Campbell, I know you have editorials, news, you have letters to the editor, you have hard things, but have you seen the horrible cartoons in the Jamaican newspapers? And I said, yes. And I can tell you right now, I have curated about 46 cartoons and they're horrible. And these are in our Jamaican newspaper and they're all with LGBTQ people. And so I am definitely going to be fine. I just need, I just need more hands, more time, more hours in my day. I want to find artists and I'm not looking for the, I'm not looking for, I'm looking for high school students and college students and activists and whatever you identify, Don't they identify as black. But are, are, are racialized but i'm looking for persons who want to lend their allyship in, yes. in taking that cartoon and drawing it different for me give me get take that cartoon get take that same message and put it in a light where it should have been properly and and, and, and correct that so it's almost going to be correcting the cartoon or something like that but we're getting there and it's it's just it's just again showing the positives because we have been marginalized and pushed aside and excluded and stamped on for so long and even murdered. And when I say that, you know, I, I know people may go, wow, but, we, but that's it up in Jamaica, right? We have had that in Jamaica. And so, and we want to make sure that, you know, we see, we see us, our, our, all our students, we see, when we talk about LGBTQ, we talk about sexuality and school. We want to see our students. They have been made invisible in Jamaica. We want them to be seen. And so, I look forward to another opportunity to come back and speak with you because it it went so fast. Are we are we are we there yet? It went so fast because so amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Tara. Thank you oh, so much. Oh,
0: it's such a, a pleasure. And thank you for joining us today. I loved hearing you speak about your research on creating narratives and counter-narratives about the lives of LGBTQ people in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Andrew Campbell is presently a faculty member within the Department of Curriculum Teaching and Learning. He teaches in the Master of Teaching program there, and he is teaching courses in anti-discriminatory education, law, professional ethics, educational research, and urban education. Andrew is also an adjunct assistant professor at Queen's University in the Professional Master of Education program, where he teaches courses on curriculum in the global context and issues of equity and diversity. All right. That's our podcast for today. You can find this podcast at www.lgbtqfamilyspeakout.ca. This episode was produced with the support of the New College Initiative Fund and from Doug Season who is a PhD student at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education. Thanks to the LGBTQ Family Speak Out team member Kate Reed, sound engineer Lisa Patterson, and musician Doug Friesen for creating the music that opens and closes the show. I'm Tara Goldstein, all the best.